wherever that ark sat, that place was blessed. That place was blessed. And here we are inside a community. And I thought, what if, what if we play the part of that ark for Parkwood Green Primary School? What if we bring the presence of the Holy Spirit to this community right where we are for as long as we are? What if they begin to see a blessing? A blessing because simply because we're here. Simply because the ark is here. Wow. God. God's presence. That's what I heard this morning from Michael, from Ben, from the worship team. I could have just listened to you, Michael, actually. Just keep talking. Bring out those Bible verses. The presence of God. And we're going to be partaking in that presence of God soon when we do communion together. I just thought, wow, just for a moment, a moment's thought to say, maybe we can be that here. And I pray that we can. And I pray that this community sees God here because we're here. And that might mean little things like keeping this room clean, smiling to people when they walk past. But really, it's just because God is here. That's when things change. And that's when things change for our church as well. When God is present. Adaya, I don't know. Where's Adaya? Thanks. You read out something in Jeremiah, which is the first line of my page of notes. And I just, I had goosebumps when you read it out. Um, But I'll do the song part. And there's a song that says, Jesus is my saviour. Good. I didn't do it in a tune to make it a bit hard. I shall not be moved in his loving favour. Just like a planted tree planted by the water. I shall not be moved. For 15 seconds, I'm going to look at the person next to you. I shall not be moved. When you sing those words, I shall not be moved, I want you to tell your neighbour what that means and then hear it back from them. So just for 15 seconds, turn to your neighbour now. Tell them, when you sing, I shall not be moved, this is what I think. Okay, let's swap over another 15 seconds to share if you haven't yet. I shall not be moved. Okay, thank you. Um, I'm being such a I'm being such a teacher at the moment, and this is what we do. We do those activities, and there we go. Does anybody want to share with the room? So does anybody want to share with the room what their neighbour said or what they said to their neighbour? Deep roots. Deep roots. Exactly what Jeremiah said. Deep roots. Finding what? Water. (laughs) Living water. It's like camp almost. 
posted here and there. I, said, I like it. Anybody else want to share? What did, they, what did you hear? Yeah, Uncle Tim.
and I, I was like, I was like, yeah, we should get there eventually, and we probably should talk about that. But we've got to come back to the roots, and that's just kept going on my heart. I'm going to talk about the roots, talk about the living source and the living water, and that's what I felt. So I called this reassess your chest. I want to look at CLF's heart. And every now and then the Bible talks about, well, examine yourself. When you come to the table for examine, examine yourself before you come. Or consider your ways as we're here in Haggai. Look at what you're doing. You see, I fell in love with Jesus. And I wanted to just serve him and be with him wholly. Along the way, sometimes I fell off that track because I got mixed up with, well, I've got to do a better program. Or I've got to be better at this, instead of just going down to the roots. And sometimes we fall off track a little bit. And so the Bible says, well, reassess your thinking. Reassess yourself. Re-examine yourself. And so we must look at ourselves. I call the reassess your chest because when I ran a um, chess club, and I think I shared this before, you seven boy guys, oh, I love chess. I can play chess. I'm good at chess. I was like, you like chess. I was like, come, join our chess club. So uh, he came and joined our chess club. So I used the word chess instead of chess. But we were, and it's also, there's a book called Reassess Your Chess that I'm going through at the moment because I like chess and I want to get better at it. And the, the book's about, well, start looking at it differently. And one of the things I'm learning is I've got to look at what squares I'm occupying, not just where the pieces are. But the reassessment part, I've learned chess one way. This is just an example. I've got to relearn it. I've got to have a look at what I've done and mistakes. And it's the same with us in our Christian walk. How are we in our Christian walk? Have you stopped spending time with Jesus? How is your relationship? How's it going? Or is it just about Sunday? Things change. We get used to routines. We've got to stop and sometimes reassess. And, I, and the, the story that came, which is an amazing story, touches close to home, I think, at the moment, is a story in Haggai. Haggai was a... He came and shared the word of the Lord to the Israel people. I'm not great at Christian history, but I'm going to read you this, and then I'm going to try to retell the story a little bit, and we'll see how we go for time. Um, so Haggai says at the start of his little book, says, Thus says the Lord of hosts, These people say the time has not yet come to rebuild the house of the Lord. Then the word of the Lord came by the hand of Haggai the prophet. Is it a time for you yourselves to dwell in paneled houses while the house, while this house, the temple house, lies in ruins? Now therefore, Thus says the Lord of hosts, consider your ways. Reassess your ways. Consider your ways. You have sown much and harvested little. You eat, but you don't have enough. You drink, but you never have your fill. You clothe yourselves, but you are not warm. See, they're looking after themselves. Yet, it didn't fulfill their needs. They always felt empty when they were looking after themselves. And he who earns wages does so to put them into a bag of holes. I'm 
working and I'm working, but I feel like I've still got nothing. So this is the story. You see, Babylon came. This was my take on the story anyway. So if I get it wrong, come come to me and uh, we'll talk about Christian history. Babylon came. The Israelites were exiled out of Jerusalem. They were taken over. But in comes the Persians and they take over Babylon. So Babylon is finished and Persian and there's this king named Cyrus. I don't know if he's a Christian or not. But he allowed them, thanks for talking about David, uh, the principal here, he allowed them, said to the Jews, go back to your hometown, go back to Israel, go back to Jerusalem and rebuild that temple and pray to your God and praise your God. Go back. Some of them were there in Babylon. It was a, it was really a trade town. And they formed their businesses. They, and the Jews were really good at business. They formed their houses. They had their communities there. Some of them didn't want to leave. They were just so comfortable. Thank God 50,000 of them, which is not a large number, went back. And they were driven, not by their own desires, to build their empires. They were driven by a spiritual force. But we need the temple. You see, the temple, rebuilding the temple represented that presence of God. Represented that we are a people connected to this God. To our God. So the temple was important. Hugely important. So they go back. And for two years they start working on it. But then finances stop from this Persian king. Because Darius has now taken over. And he needs money from military. So they stop getting finances from there. There wasn't many of them that returned. So work is really hard. They've come to a land where there's a lot of opposition. We don't really want you back here. So they're trying to build this temple. And all they get is opposition. And so they stop. And 40 years later, without laying another hand on the temple, a half-built temple, Haggai comes. And he says, what is going on? I love Haggai. He just stopped and looked. And he realized the temple is not getting built. What is going on? And he says, well, you're looking after yourselves. You're only looking after yourselves right now. You see, what they thought is, is it the right time to go back and build that temple? Maybe we should have established ourselves first, got a lot of finances ready, come back and we could rebuild this temple. Maybe it was just the wrong, it was the right place. It's Jerusalem, but the wrong timing. Haggai points out to them that your thinking is all wrong. You see, they started to blame God. Why would you do this, God? How come we're here? We're failing. We can't even build your temple. Haggai stopped and said, no, no, no. Your thinking is all wrong. You see, you stopped putting God first. You stopped putting God first. Where's our hearts? How do we reassess have we stopped putting God first? So he says to them, well, you're looking after yourselves and still you feel like you've got nothing. And he, he motivates them. He encourages them. He says, build the temple. Put God first. Build that temple. And he did a really good job, actually, of motivating them. They got to work, actually, after that. So, um, we need Haggai. We need Haggai's in this room, in our church. We need people that encourage us when we go dry. 
Oh, there's him. I should have put this slide up first, probably. This Haggai, I suppose, and temple in the background, maybe, and him preaching and saying, this is what the Lord says. Come back to him. Put him first. So I want to share some unhealthy signs of a heart. So we're reassessing our chest, reassessing our hearts. And this is what I found from a psychologist, a Christian psychologist that I follow. And he wrote some of these. Or actually, he's a pastor. He's not a psychologist. He's a pastor. He's looking at me. Um, he's a pastor that his church just went totally wrong. And see, his heart wasn't in the right spot. Although he felt like he's doing everything for God, it was crumbling apart. And so some unhealthy signs of heart condition in the church is the board member who never says I was wrong or sorry. The children's church leader who constantly criticizes others. A high controlling group leader who cannot tolerate different points of view. The church member who wants to get great church leaders but only to be led their way. The middle-aged father with two toddlers who is secretly addicted to pornography. The 35-year-old husband busily serving the church unaware of his wife's loneliness at home. The worship leader who interprets any suggestion as a personal attack or personal rejection. The Sunday school teacher struggling with feelings of bitterness towards a pastor but afraid to say anything. The exemplary servant who tirelessly volunteers in four different ministries but rarely takes any personal time to take care of themselves. Or the people in your small group who are never transparent about their struggles or their difficulties. These are some. Some things that we may go, we need to... Oh, sorry. Yep, thanks, Ben. We need to reassess our hearts. Sometimes we just fall off the track. And so being a nurse, I tried to look at, well, what are some of these heart conditions? And what leads us to these? And so some of the unhealthy heart conditions is one. is called cardiomegaly. It means an enlarged heart. An enlarged heart can't pump properly. There's too much stress on it. But in church terms, that's when we look at success. It's not success unless it's bigger and better. And we've got to reassess this. If we are looking at bigger and better, then we must reassess our hearts. I will say this, that we want everybody to come to Christ. So sometimes we look at these numbers in that sense. Jesus said, go and preach the gospel. To who? To all, to all nations. So that's a big number. All nations, that's a pretty big number. But I want to show you what David did. You see, when numbers and better is your goal, then we must reassess our hearts. So David starts looking at his army. And he's got this massive troop. And he goes to Joab, one of his captains, I believe. A man of God, Joab. And he says, hey, count them. I want to see how much I've got. Count them all. So he takes his census. And Joab, I want to read his words. I love it. May the Lord your God, he said, this is after David's requested this, may the Lord your God multiply the troops a hundred times over. May he give you those numbers. And in the eyes of my Lord and King, see it. So I hope you can see what, it, what God's doing. But why does the Lord, the King, want to do such a thing? Why do you want to count? Why do you want your success to be about manpower? 
Why do you want to take a census? Why do you want to have a look at what you've got and what you've done? And Joab puts him in his place, but Joab, good servant, does exactly what David asks. So he takes him. Later on, David's conscience was stricken after he counted the fighting men. And the Lord said to him, sorry, and he said, of course, to the Lord, I have sinned greatly in what I've done. I've sinned greatly when I've looked at what I can do. I've sinned greatly when I've taken numbers. I've sinned greatly when all I want is a bigger and better church. I've sinned greatly when I'm looking at what we can produce instead of who I'm rooted deep down into. There's the difference. To be rooted deep down into God. You see, that's what God wants for us. Not what we produce, but who we're in. I love what he says to Jesus. He says, when Jesus got baptized, do you remember the words he said to Jesus? Do you remember the words? <laughs> Me neither. I'm forgetting right now. <laughs> he said, um, God said, God said to Jesus, who I am? Thank you. Thank you, everybody. Who I'm well pleased. This is the beginning of Jesus' ministry. He hasn't done stuff yet. Not really. He hasn't started his preaching or his teaching. He hasn't started anything. So why does God say that? Because Jesus is rooted in the Father. Because Jesus' roots are connected to the source. That's why I'm well pleased. Because who you're related to, who you're connected to. We want our church to be well done. I'm well pleased in this church. It's not about what we produce. It's about who we're connected with. And you know what? If we're connected to, as Mel said, the living water, that's what fruit will be produced. Amazing. I've got other heart conditions. I've also got communion. So I'll just stop there, <laughs> actually. Um, but a question for us. How are we strengthening our own relationship with God? What are we doing? One of the things that have come to my heart is slow down. Slow down so you can spend time with God. That's me. I hope it's the church too. I hope I'm on the same flavor as the church. And I thought, well, what would a church look like if they didn't do too much, but the community saw that they were totally connected to a relationship with Jesus? And what would a church look like if we're simply grounded in Jesus? What would that produce? What would it look like if we truly spent time with Jesus? And I think, um, Ben, you were, Ben, Ben was on one of my other notes um, later on in tachycardia because this is another condition. What you do is more important than who you are. When we believe that, that's a heart, bad heart condition. When we're trying to just do too much. 
that's a really bad heart condition. When what we're doing is more important than who we are. See, who you are makes much more lasting impact on the people you meet and the people you relate with than what you do for them. And what you have is the love of Jesus. And Ben, I was just going to say, well, you helped me remind me, Ben is one of the brothers that will say, hey, how's your Bible reading going? Hey, how's your relationship with Jesus? Hey, how's your walk? And the last time I spoke to him about Bible reading, I said, oh man, I'm studying so much, of course. I'm doing heaps of Bible reading. I've got to do it for school. He's like, oh, yeah, but that's a bit different. How's your actual walk? How's your sitting down with God and having your cup of coffee with him? How are we doing that? I hope, I pray that God can challenge us not to be doing so much but to be rooted deep down. I read, I read when I was watering my chilies, I look up chilies and how to grow them really well and it says, water it not frequently or not often but when you do water it heavily because the water goes down and the roots chase the water down and they become stronger because the roots grow. So we've got to chase the water. We've got to be dug down into this living water. Jesus is my saviour. In his loving favour. Just like a tree. Just like a tree planted by the waters. We here, we shall not be moved. Why? Because we're rooted in Jesus Christ. Our Lord and our saviour. I'm sorry I had to cut this short, but... um. I think uh, if the presence of God is here, doesn't matter how good the sermon is or how bad it is, the presence of God is here. Amen. Thank you. I will ask, um, I think, Eddie, are you doing communion? Oh, you're going to the toilet. Now we can see if anybody wants to go. <laughs> Michael? Yeah. Oh, yeah, thanks, Michael. <laughs> Sorry, Eddie. I, I just blew it about that too. Sorry, I'm sorry. I apologize, Eddie. Um, Michael, I'll, I'll get you to come up and maybe share communion. Yeah, thanks.